Good morning. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Dalit in Maseches Kiddushin. It's a Rosh Chodesh Elul. So I have to ask Mechila from Andrew and Barry. We said instead of 535, we'll start at 530. And I got here at 532. I apologize, guys. I'm going to try to make it up to you. I'll try to do the Daf. Let's do this one for Andrew, Barry. All right. Uh, let, let's wrap our heads in earnest about what's going on, okay? We started with the Mishnah in Masechus Kiddushin, Ha'isha Nikneis Begimel Drachim. And we said, why Ha'isha Nikneis? Why Nikneis? Why Drachim? We started really doing the Torah Shabbat exercise of asking why the Mishnah uses certain language. You know, we could take, we could say it's tedious to find this out. We could also gain inspiration. We don't leave any stones unturned, do we, Barry? <laughs> Right. Whenever uh, something comes up, like I don't know, Lagba Omer, and in my family, I say, "What's the source for all of this?" And I get flack from my family. They're like, "Are you a Lagba Omer hater?" I say, "You know what? I spent all day looking for the source. Chazal spent all day looking for the source. I'm just asking, what's the source, Barry?" <laughs> so we asked, "What is the source for Kenyan Kesef?" That's where we left off. And I just want to wrap our heads around it for a little bit because, you know, when we started the very Gemara, right, it says the very first Amr in Masechus Kiddushin said, Bekesef minalan. Really, at that time, we were talking about the word Kenyan, where that came from. And the sugya of where Kesef minalan is, is in earnest what we're going to learn right now. But you might recall, in the very first Amr of Kiddushin, we said, Gemara kicha kicha mistei Ephron. Oh, stay Ephron. Uh, another apology. Yesterday, I may have been a little confused. Stay Ephron, right? Avram Avinu. He's purchasing Ephron's field, and he says, "Nasati kesef many." Right. So we're in yeshiva, so we always say "kicha kicha misday Ephron," right? But that's because we learned the first amud of Maseches Kedushin, and we know that "kicha kicha" the word "kiikach ish isha" appears in the language of getting married. This is, in fact, the pasuk that the Rambam quotes as a source mida oraisa of the mitzvah midoris of getting married, which is in itself is a machlokas, but the idea of, because the language is when a man takes a woman, so does that mean that it's a mitzvah to do so? Okay, the Ramam says yes. Uh, certainly, uh, you're supposed to get married, Barry. Let's not, let's not uh, even those who say that that in itself isn't a mitzvah, uh, not to get too far afield, if the kiddushin itself is not a mitzvah, it certainly is a heksha mitzvah of pur vu, right? This isn't a day where there used to be only two genders, and the idea was we understood that, the, that there's a mitzvah to procreate. In fact, it is the first mitzvah in the Torah. Okay, so this is ki kach ish isha, right? The most fundamental thing over here. The first mitzvah of procreation. And as we do it, as the Rabbim explains historically, kiddushin. And then ki kach ish isha, the lashon yikach means, right, Financial acquisition in the case of nasasi kesef hasadeh kach mimeni. Mi amar el mi, as we say in the Gemara, as we say in, in, in grade school, right? Avram Avinu says to Ephron, I have given the money, take it from me. Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I've given the money, take it from me. Take what? Right? So here, Avram is saying to Ephron, take the money from me. Right, and I want to get the field. Okay, so the fact of the matter is, it's not exactly clear, right, what is uh, going on because it's not very parallel. And that's where we start. The top line of Dalad Amad Aleph, the vagueness of where the Kiddushin comes from. Because after all, we will get to Kicha Kicha, 
But how do we end up getting so far afield of Vyatsachinam Ein Kasef? Right? Why are we why are we looking for additional sources? After all, Kika Chishisha, a man should take a woman. The word Kicha, as we explained in the Gezeira Shava from Avram Avinu and Ephron, implies a financial acquisition. And so shouldn't that just be the source, Barry, of taking of the fact that you can be Konan uh, Isha with Kiddushin? I just wanted to point that out to like pan out a little bit to see how do we get in the weeds? So how do we get here? Because when the Gemara started off with regards to the source of the Kiddushin, it happened to mention that a Na'ara, right, when a father uh, gives his Na'ara daughter for Kiddushin, he also gets the money. And that set off a whole discussion of how do we know that? So we're still kind of in the middle of that discussion and we're going to wrap it with a bow as we come around to a general idea of when, you know, of, of, of how we know that Kiddushin is done with Kesef, okay? So we're still deep in the concept of Kiddushin being done with Kesef. As we do so, I'll just explain two more things. Number one, we will use this idea of Kiddushin Kesef and we'll compare it always in trying to go through this analysis to the fixed points that we have. What are the fixed points? The fixed points I refer to is as follows. Like we said, the Torah never said explicitly, marry a woman with kesef shtar or bia. It never says that in the, in the Chumash. Okay. But it does say, divorce her with a shtar. We learned Maseches Gittin. So we know that. Because of La Sefer Krisis. So we know we could do divorce with a shtar. Okay. It also says, do yibum, right, which we described when we learned Maseches Yevamos, with bia, right, that that is, right, culminated with bia or, or, Consummated, right, that the Yibam is accomplished through Bia, right? So that's another fixed point. Can you draw comparisons? The Gemara will attempt that, right? So I'm trying to take something that might seem tedious and make the analysis a little bit more alive because we are trying through Torah Shabbat Peh analysis to analyze the fixed points, what I call the fixed points of what we know is written in the Chumash. And finally, we'll begin with, uh, we'll end with where we're going to begin, which is, What's this idea of the Nara? So the Nara, just biologically, physically, when the girl becomes 12 years old, right, she, we start looking for signs of maturity. When we see the signs of maturity, she's officially called a Nara, okay? And, uh, well, once she's 12 and a, and then she, I'm sorry. When she's 12 and a half, she officially becomes a Bogaris, right? The question is, are there, are there signs of maturity between the age of 12 and, and 12 and a half? That stage of Nara is that very unique stage that is the place where we have Sukim of Nara, the Nara Marasa we already learned, and so many halachas unique to Nara. And the reason why we learn about the Nara so much and all these Mishnayas and Gemaras is because when you look at the hybrid case of the Nara, there's so many unique dinim to the Nara of how, remember, when we learned the whole idea of the Nara in, in Ksuvis and the Nara Marasa, the whole idea of the Knas, we said that that only applies in those cases to a Nara, because there's a hybrid aspect of a Nara where she is old enough that she's not entirely, right, in the Dharam this was very highlighted as well, right, she's old enough to not be entirely under the jurisdiction of her father, right? A katana is entirely under the jurisdiction of her father, but she's not old enough to be completely independent and a bogeris. 
And so her father, this is really plays out in Adarim and other places, right? We, we analyze this stage of the girl's life in Adarim, where a Nara who's Meurasa, right? A Nara who's engaged to, or, or married, let's say, right? Her father still has some jurisdiction to uh, revoke her Nadarim, and the, as well as her husband, right? So this joint hybrid kind of jurisdiction that she is kind of independent, kind of not independent, just like in Masechus Gittin, where we had the Chatzie Eved, Chatzie Ben Choren, right? Tease out all of the, you know, subtle, abstract lambdas because we're trying to split the atom and figure out what exactly are the principles at hand, so do we see that from the Nara. How does that apply here? Well, we have the Ama Ivria. And Ama Ivria, by definition, is a Jewish girl, right? Okay, so unlike a, a non-Jewish girl who is an actual slave, right, a, a, shif, a Nachris, who's an actual slave and then is a Kenyan Kasef, the uh, Kenyan Haguf, right, the, that she's property that can be sold, the Ama Ivria is Jewish slave woman. When she is, right, becomes a Nara, and she shows signs of such, the Pasuk says, V'yatsa chinam ein kasef, that in that situation, she goes out and, and she's free. And I didn't do a good enough job of pointing out why this is an important Pasuk, but if you slow down, it's obvious. It says that the Jewish maidservant, the Ama Ivria, when she becomes a Nara, it says V'yatsa chinam, she goes out free. And then the question is, Andrew, if the Jewish maidservant Nara, Yatsa Chinam, why does the Pasuk say Ein Kasef? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't spell it out because like you learn in Yeshiva, you get so used to it. So my apologies again. But Yatsa Chinam means she goes out free. So why do you have to say Ein Kasef? It's redundant, Andrew. Ah, says the Torah Shabbal Peh, Ein Kasef La'adon Zeh. There is a scenario where a Nara would go out of a jurisdiction and there is Kasef, which is what? The father. That's how we got to this. That the father, when he will sell off, so to speak, marry off his Nara daughter, he will get the money. And that was the discussion yesterday. How do we know that he gets the money? But the point is, he gets money. There's money exchanging hands. Ooh, that sounds like, by definition, Kiddushin happens through Kasef. And so it's a really... Right, roundabout way of verifying or right proving that you can get married. In fact, with with kesef, right? That kesef is one of the vehicles. In fact, it's the one we use today of kiddushin. But to that, the Gemara picks up on the first uh, line of Dalit and Aleph and says, "Hello, Damia Hayetzia, Hayetzia." Wait a minute. You can't say that the yitzia of the of the Ama Ivria is the same thing as the yitzia of a Nara from the jurisdiction of her father. Because after all, when you have an ama going free, as the Pasuk says, she's free, like really free, right? Like Shawshank free, like never to go back again, right? But in the case where you're doing Kesef Kiddushin, right? When a father is selling, is so to speak, giving his daughter, right, for Kiddushin, Akati, still, michsura, you are lacking, misira lechopa, there is still no chopa, which is to say, is she fully out of the jurisdiction of the father? After all, right, there's no chopa, the husband yet, right, the husband has not taken her into his jurisdiction yet, she's in a hybrid no man's land, as we described. And so is the yitzia 
of the Ama Ivriya so comparable to the Yitzia of the Nara that we can actually draw a comparison from one to the other? So the Gemara says, you know what? It's enough of a comparison because when we talk about the aforementioned idea of Hafaris Nadarm, Hafaris Nadarm is, again, the, hus- the, the husband's versus the father's ability to take away her, to undo her Nadarm. So when it comes to that, right, the Nara Me'urasa, the Nara that accepted Kiddushin, it has left her father's jurisdiction. How do we know? Ditanan. Because we learned in the Mishnah, Nara HaMe'orasa, that when, once a woman becomes, goes, undergoes Erisin, in the, when she's in the physical stage of, of Naras, in that age, right? So we said this is a very specific time in her life. Both her father and her husband can undo her Nadarim. Mind you, this is our source that she's entirely out of the father's jurisdiction. Tosfus, this is not lost on Tosfus, points out, really? The fact that it's joint jurisdiction is your source, that it's completely out of the father's jurisdiction? Okay. So the, the Tosfus has to explain that even though it's not complete, she really is, right, in the Baal's Rishus in this way, right? You don't have to, uh, you know, but, but, but again, that, that's, that's a detail over here. You have to understand why this, in fact, shows that she's out of the riches of the father enough that the husband can, in fact, be made for her nadarim. And that's complete enough for us to compare the Amar Ivriya to the Nara Hame Orasa. Okay. So now, fine. Right? If she's an Amar Ivriya, she goes out free uh, without any money at all. But in the case of the Nara Marasa, there is going to be, uh, there is going to be Kesef Kiddushin. Says the Gemara, we need to use it for a different Limud. Sorry, this limud, this v'yatzachinam in kasef, is not available to teach us that kasef happens with kiddushin. Why? Because lahachi yudasa. Does it really come to teach you that kasef kiddushin, that kasef can work for kiddushin? Hamibayalelachidatanya. We need that limud for something else. What do we need it for? The Tanya, the Brisa says v'yatzachinam. Quoting our pasuk, eli me bagris ain kasef eli me naris. Unbelievable. That when a woman, when does a ama ivria go free? Well, she can go out not only during the stage of Bagrus, but during the stage of Na'arus. That is, in fact, right, as we said, two different stages. When a woman doesn't, even she doesn't show Simani Na'arus, when a woman turns 12 and a half, she is a Bogaris, and then she for sure goes out. So that in itself is a Chiddush. In other words, what's the first Chiddush, Barry? First Chiddush is, there is no such thing as an adult Ama Ivriya. It doesn't exist. <laughs> or at least if she was sold by her father as a child, then she for sure goes out. There is no scenario where she would stay, right? She can't become like an Evan Nirza, as far as I know, right? And stay longer. Uh, the way an Evan, the way we have, you know, at the end of Shemitah, why would it Evan Ivri, who wants to stay longer? She goes out for sure at 12 and a half. Okay, so that in itself is a Chiddush, right? Because that's not true of, a, of an Evan Ivri in a male version, as far as I know, right? Because he, um, and yet, and yet, that, so that in itself, Bogaris, the fact that she would go out at 12 and a half is itself a Chiddush. And so the, the Yatsu Chinam Ein Kasef, says the Gemara, this redundancy of Chinam and then Ein Kasef is teaching you a weiter Chiddush, right? A further Chiddush. The first Chiddush is that she goes out as a Bogaris. The second Chiddush is that, no, even as a Na'ara, she goes out. Not only as a Bogaris, as a Na'ara. In other words, you might have thought that she doesn't go out at all. So we have to have the redundancy in the Pasuk to teach you that not only does she go out when she's a, a Bogaris, but she also goes out even earlier when she's a Nara. Okay, to which Amar Ravina, 
Wait a minute. Ravina asks, Im kein, ain kasef. The Pasuk should have said ain kasef without a yud. The word ain, alef nun, should have been without a yud. My ain kasef, why does it have male with a yud? Ain kasef ladon zeh, avayesh kasef ladon acher. That the, this odon, when the Yom Avery goes out, is not going to get any money. Who gets money? The father, in the case of Kiddushin. Uman nihu, right? Uman nihu, who's the Adon Acher, as we've already discussed, Av, right? Our, our classic uh, limud over here, which is to say, Ravina is going to say, that no, the Vyatza Chinam is to teach you that a Bulgaris goes out, Ain Kasef is to teach you that a Nara goes out, and Ain Kasef Male teaches you that the money goes to the father. That's how that works, according to the Brysa. So now 11 lines down, the Gemara wants to know, can you really learn a limud from an extra yud? Right, we keep going deeper and deeper, Barry, into this quicksand of hachi. Can we really darshan out of a yud? That's what the Gemara is asking. So the Gemara, the Tanya, yeah. Because we have a brysa regarding a bas kohen. What happens with a bas kohen? Let's say a bas kohen get, um, right, let's say a bas kohen, now she grew up, Andrew, eating truma her whole life because only kohanim eat truma. Let's say she marries a Yisrael Nebuch. Okay, so when she, once she's married to Yisrael, she can't eat truma anymore, right? Because he doesn't eat truma. And let's say she's widowed or divorced, that marriage ends. So if she has children, then already those children are Yisraelim, she can never go back to her father's house. She's now living with those kids, and she's not eating truma ever again. But if she doesn't have children, then she's a single girl again, right? She got married, Nebuch, she, uh, the, she got divorced four months later, let's say. She goes back to her coin father. Of course she could t- continue to eat truma. That's what the Pusuk says. Okay, that's the, the pasuk says that it says vezera ain la, right? It says mat kohen kiti almano grusha vezera ain la. Says the pasuk, if she was right widowed or divorced and she never had any kids, b'shavel be'savia kinurea, she goes back to her house. This is in the chumash, right? In in, in vayikar chafez and milacham avia tochel, right? And she can eat, continue to eat truma. Okay, so says the gemara vezera ain la with an extra yud. Ainly ela zara 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 minayin, right? So zara ainla, which sounds like it would only refer to her children. Ainly ela zara. How do we know that her children's children, which is to say her grandchildren, zara 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 minayin? Talmud Lomar zara ainla with the male yud, as we could see ayin la from the extra yud. Ain sounds like ayin, which means look into it, which is to say that we learn from the extra yud. We have precedent. That an extra yud could teach us something. And that's how Ravina knows that an extra yud could teach you that ain kasef means ain kasef ladon zeh, ve'yesh kasef ladon acher. Bryce then continues, with regards to the Bas Kohen, mainly el kosher, zera apostle minayin. How do we know that even if this Bas Kohen had a child from an illicit union, that still she would no longer be eligible to go back to her father's house to get truma? Talmud Lomar, zera ain la, I ain la. Uh oh, Barry. We have an embarrassment of riches here. We're using the little yud, the smallest letter in the whole world, to teach us not one but two things. That not only grand- grandchildren and also, right, as their apostle. Both of these would disqualify her from getting truma, for, from, from going back to her father and eating truma. Okay? Wait a minute. That's the Gemara's question. The Gemara asks, ah, What do you mean? Using this one yud to teach you also as their apostle would disqualify her from going back to her father and eating truma? We just learned that it's for her grandchildren also. So you're going to use that one yud for both limudim? Says the, you can't do that, right? How, how many limudim can you learn out of one little dot? So the Gemara says, no, no. 
You're right. Zerazar Loitzra we don't really need to learn it for grandchildren, Divne Bonim Hare and Kabanin, because we already established an idea that grandchildren and children are the same halacha with this regard, and therefore we do not need the Yud for that Limud. Really, the Yud is only learned for to teach you that even if she has a Zerapuzzle, which is to say a child brought out of an illicit union, that still disqualifies her from going back to eat Truma. So that is a uh, source for the fact that we could use Yud from Ein Kasef to learn an extra Limud. Okay, fine. So now the Gemara says, wait a minute. The Tanagufemi Nolan Didarsh Hachi. Okay. Where did the Tana learn? Okay, so you've proved that from the case of the Bas coin that you could use a Yud for a Drusha. See what I mean by no stone unturned, Andrew? But we want to know where that Tana knew that he could use a Yud to, to learn a Drusha. Where did he learn that? Where did this come from? Amri Ksiv Me'ain Bil'am Ume'ain Yivami. I'll give you two sources, right? Bilam, did, did Bilam want to go, Andrew, initially to go curse the Jewish people? No, he did not. Remember the story with the donkey, Andrew? Did Bilam, when they came back to report to Balak, they said, Me'ain Bilam. He refused. Okay. Me'ain Yavami. Me'ain Yavami is like the prelude to Chalitza, right? When a Yavam doesn't want to perform Yibum. Okay. There, you don't have the Yud. What are we saying? We're saying as following. That sometimes the word ain is spelled without a yud. The fact that we sometimes have the word ain chaser, which is to say missing a yud, right? The lochsibahu yud, the yud, that is the source that sometimes ain, when it is spelled with a yud, malay, it must be coming to teach you something. That is our initial source by Abbas Kohen. That the Yud is meaningful. We learn from this that the extra Yud can be expounded for a drasha. Once it can be expounded for a drasha, we use it for a drasha in Vayatsachinam in Kasef. Wow. Okay. So now the Gemara says, Now the question is like this. So we said that the Father's rights to the Kiddushin. And the rights to Ramayasayadaim, we had previously said earlier that they come from two psukim. One is from Yatsachinam, Ain Kesav the Amr Ivriya, and the other one we said was Bin Urea Beisavia, right? We said yesterday, Kol Shevach Nurea that everything that goes to the Nara goes to her father. So the question is, once you learn that everything goes to the Nara, goes to the father, that was in the context of Nadarim, right? Then, why do you need Vyatsachinam Ein Kasif? So why do you need both? Says the Gemara, We need to learn, right, the Yatsachinam Ein Kasif. It's referring to that Pasuk. And we have to learn that all the Maiseyadaim go to the Father. That's the Pasuk that we mentioned with Nadarim that says, Why do we need both Psukim to teach you both of those concepts? Again, the concepts are kind of overlapping, right? Because if, if everything that she acquires goes to the Father, Maybe you don't need to learn that the Kesef Kiddushin goes to her. So the Gemara, you do need both Sukkim. Why? Because if all you knew was that the father gets the Kesef Kiddushin, we say, yeah, she gets the, Kesef, the father gets the Kesef Kiddushin because she didn't work for those Kesef Kiddushin. Why should she get the money? Right? But when she actually did the work, maybe without being a Rebbe you Sevilla, you would have thought that she gets to keep her salary from... Um, the kosher McDonald's. We had a uh, 
worker, a, a uh, assistant in our office came back from Israel, like a non-Jewish assistant. She had an Israel trip. That's interesting. She came back. What was the most astounding thing that you saw in Israel? She said the McDonald's there is kosher. Some of the other subtleties may have been lost on her. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, so she's working in the kosher McDonald's, so you think that she deserves that money. But if all you learned was that she gets to keep her salary from kosher McAdee's, right, to come Miss Zanamine, that's because, right, She's just, that, that, the money belongs to the father. Why? Because at the end of the day, even though she gets her little salary, she still lives at home and she's still supported by him. So therefore, of course, he should get her little salary, her $5 an hour that she gets at McDonald's. But the condition came out of left field, so to speak. It comes from elsewhere. He's not responsible for her condition. That's a third party. That's her new man. Okay, so maybe So maybe everything that this new guy that, that, um, Gives her should go to her. So the Gemara Tzricha, and it is for that reason we have both the pasuk of Yasachinam and Kasaf and Binurei Besavia to teach you that both of those scenarios, whether it's Kasef Kedushin or Hamaisi Adaim, they both go to the father. So now we're the two dots in the middle of Dalan Amadalf, and now we're going to get to the source Gufa Yatsachinam. When we talk about that brisa, the Yatsachinam Eli Me Bagras that the Ama Ivria goes free. During Bagras. And then Ain Kesef, Eli Mei Naras. And then we had a further, right, redundancy of Ain Kesef, Eli Mei Naras. So, you know, we, we ended up saying that we learned from the Yud, uh, the Kiddushin. But what about this idea of going out as a Bogaris and going out as a Nara? Isn't that obvious that once you go out as a Nara, you go out as a Bogaris, the Gemara wants to know? After all, Andrew, you can't become a Bogaris without becoming a Nara first. So once you become a Nara and you go out, you never even have the opportunity to go out as a Bogaris. When did an Ama Ivria ever go out as a Bogaris? She always goes out as a Nara. So then she never gets to go out as a Bogaris. So what are we talking about? Says the Gemara, The Pasuk just said, and we would learn Naras. And we don't need to learn Bagaris because she's already out, Barry. Rashi explains what this means, that it builds. Meaning, if you just had one, you would have thought it was Bagaris. You need the extra limit to learn Naras. Okay, so of course, once you learn Naras, you don't need Bagaris. But you needed Bagras to learn Naras. That's the only way. The only way out is through, Barry, as Walt Whitman says, I think. That, that, that the only way to get to Naras is through Bagras, to learn it is through Bagras. Of course, once you know that you go out with Naras, Bagras becomes redundant. But that's how we got there to Naras, by learning it twice. That's what Bazevalimedaze means, okay? And we have, sometimes that works. We see, let's give a parallel case. Let's say you have a Toshavasach here. What's going on here? This is an Eved Kanani, right? We said, what does the Pasuk tell us? The Pasuk tells us that an Eved Kanani, as we discussed earlier, eats the truma of his master. An amazing thing is that an Eved Ivri, so let's say you have an Israel who's an Eved Ivri owned by the Kohen, right? He does not eat truma. Did you know that? In other words, he's not, why? Because he's not Kenyan Aguf. This is another Perfect expre- expression of where an Evid Kanani is literally like, you know, not very PC, but he's literally owned by the master and he can like sell him. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, he's property. Uh, and therefore, because he's property, he can eat truma of the coin, even though he's not, you know, technically a coin, obviously, he's not even an Israel. As opposed to an Evid Ivri, there's no Kinyanagov and therefore he can't eat truma. And there we say the, the Tanya, Toshav Ze Kanoi Kinyan Olam. Right? Sachir ze konyo kinyan shanim. So, toshav ve sachir. As we've discussed before, what happens with a Evid Ivri? An Evid Ivri, 
right, is one who is in servitude until Shemitah. At Shemitah, as we know from the Chumash itself, he has a choice. He can become an Evid Nirta. If he wants to stay with his master, he can, he's considered an Evid Olam. So that's when he becomes a Toshav. So again, Toshav and Sahir, those Evid Ivris cannot eat the truma of their, of their master. And why do you need to learn both Toshav and Sahir? Toshav is the Evid Nirza that not only Barry, when he becomes, again, so when he becomes an Evid Ivri, he's only become an Evid until Shemitah. Okay, and he cannot eat truma. And even once he commits until Yovel, which is forever, he still can't eat truma. Oh, that's where Toshav Sakhir teaches you. Toshav means that even once he becomes an Eved, right, Laolam, right, an Eved Nirza, he still can't eat the truma of his master. So once you know that, why do you need to know Sakhir? Obviously, an Eved Nirza can't eat truma. The Toshav also cannot eat truma. So that's exactly the same idea. That's the precedent. That even though it's redundant, right, you can't become a Toshav without first being a Sakhir, right? It's the way that we got to learning that an Eved uh, Toshav does not e- eat truma. Uh, Yomar says, the Gemara says, Yomar Toshav Elo Yomar Sakhir. Once you learn Toshav, right, by regular Eved Ivri, uh, I'm sorry, Yomar Toshav Elo Yomar Sakhir. Once you learn the Toshav, right, which is an Eved Nirza forever, doesn't eat truma, then of course you, Elo Yomar Sakhir. You don't need to know Sakhir, right, because that would be Right? I would have known, therefore, that if an Evid commits for a lifetime servitude, an Evid Ivri, he still doesn't eat truma. So then, then certainly, if he's only in the middle of his, whatever, six-year term, then of course he's not going to eat truma. So the Gemara, the Raisa says, If it weren't for the fact that we learned Toshav Vesachir, I would have only thought that a what? That a Sachir doesn't eat truma. Aval olam, but if he is in fact, right, that only Toshav doesn't eat truma. But if in fact he's an Evan Nirza, then, then, then he should be able to eat truma because at that point he's committed for life and he should be able to eat like his master eats. And yet, the Pasuk, by, with its redundancy, first said Sachir, Toshav, and then Sachir. Once we learned Sachir, we learned that even the regular Evan if he doesn't eat truma. And then we learned that that by the extra redundancy that even the Evan Nirza doesn't eat truma shafal olam ochel that even though he's now forever in servitude he still does not eat the trumas fine and so that is our precedent of this redundancy so Amalei Abayi me dummy wait a minute uh, this idea of the servitude really comparable to the Amalei Hasam Trey Gufri Ninu Abayi is getting smart here he's saying in the case of the Evan Nirza right the they both can exist. You can have both a Toshav and a Sachir at the same time. The Chid Nami, Chaz of Achman, a Toshav, Nirza lo Yochel, the other Chaz of Idach, have a Sachir, Milsa, Diasa, Bekal, Bechomer. Therefore, even if the Torah explicitly said, right, who it's referring to, a Toshav, Nirza, Kanti, Truma, right, then you could still do Kal, Bechomer, because those could be, in theory, two separate people, right? And I, you'll say, Kal, Bechomer, then you would still say, that even though you could say, I could still have a scenario, this is a principle, that the Pasuk will still spell out the Kalvachomer, right? Something that you could have learned from a Kalvachomer, Tarach, because of the Quran, the Pasuk still went out of its way, so to speak, to teach you. But here, with regards to the Gufahi, which is to say, Naran Bogaris is always, by definition, one person going through the life cycle. How does she go out of Naras without any Bagras, right? How do you ever get to Bagras without going through Naras first? There is such a case. That is an islandist. An islandist never shows the simonim of Naras, and therefore she skips 
essentially directly from Katana to Bogaris. And so she does not have Naris directly to Bagras. And Sakatite Khamina Banaris Tapuk, Bagras Lo Tapuk, you might have said in that case that maybe that if she never experienced Naris, maybe she she never goes out. In other words, you might have thought that the only way an Ama Ivri ever goes out is if she ever experiences the stage of Naris. And therefore, an islandist would never go out because she went straight to Bagros and didn't experience Naras, right? Kamash Malan. So the Pasuk is, for that reason, teaching you both cases of the Nara and the Bogaris because indeed, even though biologically, normally, in a healthy person, you would not be able to get to Bagros without Naras, in this specific case of an islandist, you skip Naras and we have to learn that she too would go out at Bagros. Okay, so now in the last in line, Maskiflor Mar Barvashi Is it still not a Kalvachomer? That an islandist, I'm Emir of go free with adulthood. I mean, after all, we know that if you have a Nara and she has signs of Naras and they don't take her out of her father's jurisdiction, but it gets right, so that's unusual, right? If you have, let's say, a girl living at home regularly, she doesn't go free once she's a Nara, she's still in that hybrid stage that we described in our intro, and yet. If she is, happens to be an Ama Ivri at the time that she shows Simonim Naras, she does go free. So we see that Simonim, right, are Motsi and Mishus Adon. So therefore, that is unusual to an Ama Ivriya. So therefore, Bagrashim and Mishus Av. And yet, if a woman becomes a Bulgaris and she's a regular girl living in her father's house, at that time, she becomes a full fledged adult and she does go out. So, ain't no dinsha matsiyam rishus adon. So, wouldn't it therefore stand to reason she certainly would leave the adon? In other words, isn't it obvious? That once a girl reaches a Bulgaris, even if she skipped Naras, she would go out free if she's an Ama Ivria. El Amar Mar Baravashi, Lo Nitzchad Alika Zvina The phrase really is to teach the original sale of an islandist, that that sale is valid. Why? Because You might have thought, right, that with, when signs of Naras eventually appear, then that retroactively validates the sale of the girl as an Ama Ivria. Maybe you would have said that if she never shows the signs of Naras, her original sale was not good. So that might have, you might have thought that as we turn to Dalai on the base at the hopeless time of 6.06 a.m. That's what we learned from Yatsachinam, that the sale, the original sale of the Yama Ivriya is in fact valid even in the case of an islandist. Fine. So now we're going to get to Lamar Bar of Ashi, Right? So, according to Mar Ashi, who said that there's a Kalvachomer from an islandist, right? Why, why do you reject Abaye's explanation? After all, right? we already have the Kalvachomer. So now the Kalvachomer is alive. And we already said that the Pasuk will still write it out. So there's nothing wrong with having a Kalvachomer. It's not a rejection of Abaye. Says the, so, the Gemara is defending Mar Ashi's objection here. It says, Right, that really, to say that an actual logical kavachomer is reiterated in a pasuk is a last resort. That's the point here. That's called, right, uh, You have no other answer that you could have given. But what, right, my Bavashi was trying to say was that we have a different answer and we don't have to go to this last resort of saying, 
we could actually do it without resorting to that last resort. We would prefer to say that the Pasuk didn't go and be redundant for something that we could have already known logically. A little bit of a Garanowitz Mr. moment that use your head first, right? And then if you have to sort of like finesse it and say that this redundancy is just echoing, it's an echo chamber for what we already figured out, you could do so then. So then two dots, five lines down and Ahmed Bayes. Now, we say, Now we're going to have a brysa that's going to show maybe Kiddushay Kasev comes from a different source. It says, Yeah, Why is that not the source for Kiddushay Kasev? Right? That's the Pasuk. Ain't Kicha Elav Kasev, says the Gemara. Yeah. Stay Ephron. Kicha Kicha be Stay Ephron. Isn't that a more logical source for the idea of Kiddushay Kasef. Okay. Says the Gemara, and also, isn't it logical? Why do you even need this Pasuk? Didn't we say, that when you have an Ama Ivriya, obviously, that is a financial acquisition, right? Nobody acquires her through Bia. And yet, she could be acquired with Kasef. So, Zusha Niknes Bia. But when you have a woman, a wife that can be kana either bekesef or bestar bevia. So the fact that she can be kana bevia, unlike an ama ivria, ain't no dinsha to kana bekesef. So therefore, wouldn't it stand to reason, therefore, that she certainly should be able to be kasef, uh, kana bekesef? So the Gemara is now going to kick around the difference between Yavama and, and, uh, that, that basic obvious idea that not all of these are the same. A Jewish maid servant is a financial transaction, right? A Yavama is yibum, right? That's bia. As the Gemara says, Yevama tochiach, right? Yevama refutes this idea. Why? Because she nicknames Bavia, but ain't a nicknames Bekesif. She's only nicknames with Bia. You don't buy a Yevama. So what does this amount to? All the cases are different. Yevama is only nicknames Bavia. A maidservant, right? And Amavri is only nicknames Bekesif. A woman cannot necessarily be learned as a Kavachomer from either of them. And so, Mali Yavama, we'll finish here. Mali Yavama, Shekein, Ain Niknes Vishtar, Tarn Vizushin Niknes Vishtar, right? Yavama is singularly unique, right? You're going to say Yavama is only Niknes Bia, as we've said, right? That's how Yibam works. So she's not Niknes Bekesef or Bishtar. So what are you going to say? That Can you say that of a, of a single woman, that she could be acquired with a, with, a, with a Shtar? Right? These cases are not, right... Comparable. And that's why we go back to saying, we need that Pasuk. Because we can't just learn it from a Kavachomer. We need the Pasuk to show you that Kiddushin could be happening with Kesef. So then we're going to resume tomorrow with Ha'alamalei in the middle of Dalad Nama Beis. And Bezat Shem, everybody have a good Rosh